Hello, Metro Augusta, and hello, Georgia. This is Janice Allen Jackson welcoming you to the January 11th edition of Local Matters, a show designed to make you a more confident voter and a more engaged citizen. Today's show, as always, is brought to you as a service of Janice Allen Jackson and Associates. That is my management consulting firm where I proudly provide services to local government and nonprofit organizations. You can learn more about me and the services that my firm and our associates provide at JaniceAllenJackson.Weebly.com. Or if you don't remember that, just Google Janice Allen Jackson Associates and the website will come up. Of course, you can listen to Local Matters here on WKZK on Wednesday afternoons at 1.30 or on Thursday evenings at 7 p.m. But if those times are not convenient for you, you can listen to the podcast at any time and you access the podcast by going to my website because we have a Local Matters tab there. You can go through and select any episode that you want to listen to, or you can go to Facebook if you're on that platform. We have started a Local Matters Podcast of Georgia Facebook page, or you can go directly to SoundCloud, Spotify, or Apple Podcasts. Local Matters is out there for you because we want you to be able to take advantage of all of the great information that we provide here on this program. Today, we are going to continue our conversation with Dr. Philip Williams. He came in last week and offered a wealth of information and his opinions based upon his personal experience. And we're going to continue that conversation today. Uh, If you missed us last week, please do go to either my website, SoundCloud, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or the Local Matters Facebook page in order to hear that episode. Also, the episode is available on our YouTube channel. We don't have a lot of videos there, but this one is on video um, because it exceeded our regular radio time and we wanted you to be able to listen to it in the event uh, that you want to catch it all at once. And that is the YouTube channel of Local Matters Podcast of Georgia. Uh, Last week, if you were listening or if you weren't, Uh, In summary, uh, Dr. Williams gave his thoughts on uh, some of the key things that he believes are weakening schools. Uh, One of those is the Title I programs itself and all of the administrative staff that administering that program requires. Uh, He also talked about the possible need to start school early. I know many of you in our listening audience, if you're around my age or older, kindergarten was not provided by the state of Georgia. It was not something that was provided through the school system when we were growing up. So if our parents wanted us to go to kindergarten, that came at a cost. You know, I happened to be one of those fortunate ones who was able to attend the Macedonia Baptist Church kindergarten. We were there in the basement of the church. And while I think later on, I found out that Uh, They were told that they could no longer run a school because it was in the basement. Uh, I learned, I think back on all that I learned there uh, and that first exposure to formal education there and how valuable that was. 
Uh, Dr. Williams talked about the importance of getting kids into school, uh, getting them familiar with the routine and uh, helping them know from a very early age that learning is important. So he explored the idea of starting school at an earlier age. And he also, I think more so than anything, encouraged our community to be honest about where we are in terms of the performance of our schools and um, who's failing here. Is it the kids who are failing or is it the schools who are failing? I actually named that episode based upon that question, you know, where do the failures lie? And as I posted that on Facebook, I had a couple people opine that, you know, I think the, where we are right now, it's safe to say that everybody is failing. So um, it's not a question so much, though, of finger pointing as it is what we can do to make a difference in public education in Richmond County, throughout the state of Georgia, and in fact, throughout the United States. Uh, on this theme of whether schools are failing or whether the kids are failing or the families or whoever it is, on that notion of how we got here and what we do to get out. Uh, I mentioned I was gonna bring in a couple of others to, to come in and talk about that. Uh, one of those is going to be one of our current school board members and that is Dr. Wayne Frazier. Uh, he's gonna come in and we're gonna do an episode with him later on. Today we finished with uh, Phil Williams, but we're gonna bring in uh, 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 Dr. Frazier at, at, at some point soon to have him address this issue. I also plan to bring in a long-term friend of mine, and she is Dr. Jewel Faison. She's a career educator, uh, has been a deputy superintendent and a superintendent of schools. She's run a private school. She is an education consultant now, uh, just also has a wealth of information, experience, and thoughts to share on this topic of what possibly can be done to move us from where we currently are uh, to where uh, we should be in terms of uh, making sure that children have a fair opportunity uh, to learn uh, in the uh, buildings that we consider to be the public schools of our uh, country, our state and country. So, um, that's it. Education topics. I think I'm going to leave that title in, you know, who's failing? Is it the schools or the students? Um, so there'll be a, what we had last week was part one. This week is part two. As we continue with the other speakers, there'll be parts three, four, five, or however how we get in terms of really delving into this issue of education and what we can do uh, to make it better. Uh, as I reflected on my own thoughts, uh, I also um, think about uh, magnet programs, you know, in Augusta in particular, and we're not unique, to be honest, and many other school systems in a similar situation where their magnet schools are, are their pride and joy. They're considered to be the best schools in the system. And that creates a lot of competition to get into the magnet programs. But at the same time, my concern is how the magnet programs draw those motivated students away from the non-magnet schools so that those children who are in the non-magnets never get exposed to the high achievers that go to the magnet programs. And I just wonder, you know, they're great on one hand because the kids really do get the opportunities to do some non-traditional types of things. And I'm thankful for it because uh, my kids attended magnet school for most of their K through 12 education. 
Um, so I understand how that works, but I understand that it also creates a dynamic where it may in fact leave behind those uh, children and therefore those schools that are not magnet programs. So that's one of the questions that I want to ask as we get further uh, into this with some of the professional educators that are going to come to local matters. I also um, want to think about the notion of principles and how long they are in schools to establish leadership. Um, at one of the campaign forums that I moderated a few months ago, um, the Neighborhood Association asked me to moderate it. Had one of that. That is one of the questions: is why is there so much turnover at the leadership level in schools? And how harmful is that to uh, the kids? Um, one of the other questions that I've heard come up uh, as I participated in some panel discussions also relates to the notion of who gets selected to teach. Um, there are people, you'll hear them say, hey, I was qualified for the position. I didn't get it. Why didn't I get it? and that sort of thing. So, uh, you know, just how those hiring decisions are made is one of the other things that I think it would be fair for us to explore. So uh, thank you so much for listening to this series. As I said, it's gonna be an occasional series. Um, as we talk about education, we'll also punctuate uh, our episodes with some other topics as well. Um, but just want you to, to, to get ready for that and be prepared for that and tell folks that we're having that conversation here on Local Matters. Um, also, before we get to Dr. Williams, a couple of things that happened um, here in Augusta, of course, our new mayor, Garnett Johnson, as well as our new commissioners or the commissioners who were coming in for the second term, they were all sworn in uh, last week to begin the year. Um, some of the first duties that, that they have is selecting people to serve as committee chairs, as well as selecting a mayor pro tem. Um, the mayor pro tem uh, vote came with some controversy. Uh, it was not unanimous. I think the vote was 631 uh, with the selection of Commissioner Brandon Garrett from District 8 to serve in that role. Uh, he's been a member of the commission since 2019 and was recently reelected. So I want to explain just a little bit about what that means. Uh, as mayor pro tem, that means that that person uh, presides over the meetings in the absence of the mayor. So that role um, is a little different from the other commission uh, roles. Um, in the sense that, you know, if the mayor has to be out of town on business, there's no debate about who it is that uh, kicks off the meetings and presides over them. It's We know for sure that the mayor pro tem, uh, in this case, Garrett, will have the chance to take on that role in the event that that is necessary. Um, also, the commission selected chairman of various committees. Finance Committee, obviously over the money, that is Commissioner Jordan Johnson from District 1. The next committee uh, that they selected a chair for is the Engineering Services Committee, which is to be led by Commissioner Alvin Mason of District 4. Um, many of the things that we as residents of our community are very much concerned about fall under Engineering Services. When you think about things like garbage collection, 
storm drainage, right-of-way maintenance, uh, all of those things are overseen by the Engineering Services Committee. Uh, and when we say overseen, what we mean is that obviously there's a department director and staff who are working there to carry out the day-to-day -day operations and carry out those functions. However, when they have um, issues, policy matters, recommendations, et cetera, that uh, need to be decided upon, those will be reviewed first by the Engineering Services Committee. Um, the next committee uh, that they selected a chair for is Public Safety slash Information Technology. Um, that committee will be chaired by Catherine Smith-McKnight of District 3. Uh, and again, all matters related to um, Sheriff's Office, the Marshal's Office, um, anything that needs approval from the commission, emergency medical services, all of those things fall under the jurisdiction of public safety. Fire department as well, um, I believe 911 also. So all those emergency services matters uh, will go to public safety committee. Next committee is the public services uh, committee that's gonna be chaired by Sean Frantum of District 7. And administrative services will be chaired by Commissioner Francine Scott of District 9. So in those committees, uh, just so you know how things work, um, those committees consider the items first and they make recommendations. They may recommend yes, they may recommend no on those particular items, but regardless of what they recommend, the item will still wind up coming before the full commission for discussion and decision. So they are um, advisors, so to speak. Their job is to study those items uh, among themselves and make a recommendation, uh, but the commission is not bound by it if the committees recommend against something. So a committee may say, no, we don't want to do this, but the full commission still gets a chance to rule, uh, which is a little bit different, I think, from the state legislature. If something is voted no in committee, uh, it's gone and, and does not come back to the full group. So that is the role of the committees. Uh, those are the ones that uh, will be uh, uh, leading uh, the commission in regard to those things. Um, and each committee has uh, a group of commissioners, if I recall correctly, I believe it's four per committee that are, that are on those, so that four members of the commission uh, are on each of those committees. So hopefully that has been informative for you. As we talked a couple of weeks ago, it is our job as residents of the community to watch our commission uh, and what they do so that we're familiar with how the people that we have elected are voting. Thanks. Be blessed. Hope you enjoy the remainder of our conversation with Dr. Philip A. Williams. Yeah, starting at three years old is probably not too soon for some sort of a play school. And I know of at least one private school in Augusta that is moving in that direction. And um, the principal tells me that at some point uh, they may start taking them younger than that. Um, so that it is almost a, uh, almost cradle to eighth grade uh, education process. Now, they're not there yet. And uh, I'm, I'm going to hear it now. People's going to say, well, 
yeah, those rich folks, they can afford anything they want. That's nice for them. What about the rest of us? Well, I'm going to tell you that this particular school, and I'm not going to call the name because I don't have that permission to do that. Over 90% of the kids in that school are black. Over 90, 95% of the kids in that school are from uh, East Augusta. And if you ever want to see success in a school, call me and I will arrange for you to go down there and see it. Uh, I worked with them in a STEM project for a while. And, and it's just absolutely amazing what, what those kids uh, can do in spite of where they come from, in spite of the poverty. Uh, it's all in the approach. Now, the school, I will grant you, uh, requires that the parents participate. A lot of them can't do that during the week. Well, they make arrangements. You can come in there on the weekend and you can push a broom and you can help clean up and you can serve at the parent teachers thing and you can come and talk to the teacher even if it's on the weekend. So they insist on parent involvement even if it's a single parent, even if it's uh, Aunt Lily who's doing it or grandma. But I'm telling you, it can be done. And it's all in the culture, the teaching kids an appreciation for the value of an education so that they break out of this revolving door of ignorance and poverty that just goes round and round and round. Now, with that, I'll hush for a minute. I, there's a lot in there to digest, and I, I, I have not covered all your topics there, Ms. Jackson, but do you have a question that you'd like me to try and expound on a little bit? It seems like what you're proposing, I just kind of want to put it in a nutshell, what you're discussing is essentially some fundamental changes in how we go about educating kids. Absolutely. It's going to require a sea change an absolute sea change in approach. Um, you've heard this quip, you know, stupidity is doing the same thing over and over and over and expecting different results. Well, <laughs> guess what? Not much is changing. Let, let me just read you a few statistics. Um, earlier, we were, we were talking about which schools are, are better than others and uh, my initial thought when you start talking about good versus bad and better, and, you know, comparative uh, value of things is that's awfully nuanced. But let's just take a look at, at, at some hard statistics. CSI schools or schools that are designated by the state as, as needing uh, remediation because the students are not doing well. They are graduating at a rate of less than 67%, or they are in the bottom 5% of the state schools. Now, in Richmond County, we have two, four, six, eight, 10, 11 schools. 
that are uh, CSI schools. Now, that's that's the state's evaluation. And CSI stands for what? Honestly, I cannot remember. Okay, I'm just, okay. but it's a designation. Some of these educational designations just go right by me. Um, and there are one, two, three, four, five others that are right behind them. But the point is that these schools are failing, uh, for want of a better term. And I'm not casting aspersions by using that term. It, it's a fact. You talk to some of the folks on the Board of Education, they'll tell you exactly the same thing. They might not want to say it in public, but they'll certainly say it privately. Yeah, there's no questions that some of these schools, many, many of them are, are failing. And all you have to do is take a look at the poverty level of the students in those schools, and it's almost a one-to-one -one comparison. There's no question. Yes, I, I looked it up while we were talking. Comprehensive support and improvement schools. Yes. Yeah. Okay. That's right. Which is not terrible. Well, it, it's a euphemistic way of saying they really need help. They really need help. Um, and, and that's just to say, yes, there are issues here in Richmond County. I don't think it's because of the teachers. It's not necessarily because of the administrators. I, I think that poverty is the issue. And as long as kids are acculturated um, in, a, uh, in a neighborhood that is surrounded in poverty, where they see crime uh, every single day and people just turn a blind eye to it, um, where the values of the students that are taught to them. Uh, children become what they're around. Um, in one of my advocations, I, I was very competitive back in the day and um, I, I didn't make the Olympic team, but I, I was good enough to make invitation to the Olympic trials. And for uh, three or four years, every year we would go to the Olympic training center uh, for a couple of weeks. And the folks in uh, the sports medicine place would really work on us to try and uh, improve us. And that included the psychologist. Sports psychology is a huge thing at an at a upper level like that. And they hammered it into us that you become what you are around. If you want to be a champion, you associate with champions. You want to be a loser, hang out with the losers. Um, Life is the same way, you know, if, if, if you want to run the streets and live rough like that, hang out with folks like that, and that's where you end up. If you want to be a productive individual, if, if you want to be uh, an electrician, you want to be a plumber, you want to be a doctor, you want to be a welder, hang out with people who want to succeed, who want to contribute to this society, and, and you'll be a whole lot better off. Kids don't know that. They're not taught that. They're not taught gold building, and they don't realize what's happening around them. They just grow up with this culture around them, and they absorb it, and they become it, and it's, and it's not their fault. And if we're going to change that, then we're the ones that are going to have to do it. And the best way I know to do it is through the schools. 
And until the schools are given the freedom to do that, they're not going to succeed. And that's the reason if, if people feel like that uh, private schools uh, do better than public schools, I, I don't think that's a, a fair comparison right there. I think all you have to do is look at charter schools. Look at charter schools. Uh, Augusta, Georgia has got charter schools that are nationally recognized in the top five. My goodness, we've got talented young people in Augusta who are setting the world on fire because they want an education, because they want to learn, they want to be successful, and they make it to the charter schools, and the charter schools have expectations that are up here instead of down here. And so they succeed. I, one of the principles I talked to quoted uh, an educator, and and she told me she said we need to get away from the soft bigotry of low expectations. We need to get away from the soft bigotry of low expectations. People rise to the occasion. You challenge a child, give him the leadership he needs, and show him the way, and Oftentimes, you're going to get exactly what you want. But if you don't expect anything, guess what? That's what you're going to get, too. So sea change is what we need. We need people to be honest. Um, I'm going to uh, praise uh, some folks on the Board of Education for speaking up. And I'm going to give some others uh, a D, possibly even a failing grade. There is a terrible, terrible tendency among leaders, and this is in business, uh, and it's in education. When something is wrong, they don't want to talk about it because they feel like it reflects on them. Let me tell you what, that's the worst thing in the world to do. You have got to open up and talk about this and say, look, we have got a problem, people. We need to solve this. We need help. Do you have ideas? What can we do to resolve this matter? Uh, and speak openly about it. Admit it and say we want to change. We're not getting that from some folks because they haven't yet come to the conclusion that that's the way to do it. We've got a few, and I think you know who I'm talking about, that will stand up and will speak strongly about, we've got problems, people. Let's address them. Let's meet it face on. This it's like a cancer. I, I come from a medical background, so I'll, let me use this. We've got a cancer. Guess what? The best way in the world to die is to say, oh, I'm fine. It'll be okay. I'm not going to get that treatment. I'm not going to do what it takes. I'm not going to get that surgery. Well, that might hurt. I'm not taking that nasty medicine, and that radiation will make you glow in the dark. No, that doesn't work. You've got to face up to it. We've got a huge problem. Let me tell you what, where's the money coming from? I'll tell you where it's coming from. It's coming from the prisons that we're not going to have to build. It's coming from the new courtrooms we're not going to have to build. It's coming from the salaries of the police officers that we're not going to have to hire because these people that get educated, go out, get decent jobs, blue collar, white collar, administrative, librarian, you name it. These people are productive citizens and they're too busy 
living their lives and having a good time and enjoying everything that this country has to offer instead of out there living in the streets, clogging up the, the criminal justice system and clogging up the prisons. So it's pay me now, pay me later. I promise you, it's going to take a huge investment to make those changes in public education now. And it may not show up for another 10, 15, 20 years, but I promise you, we're much better off in the long run to address these issues, spend the money now, change, make sea changes in the way we uh, provide education and help uh, provide a better culture for these kids. And they're not going to end up in that system. Dr. Williams, we unfortunately are out of time. Um, we could talk about this for a long time. I can tell that you're extremely passionate about this. Um, we're going to close out this episode of Local Matters by thanking you so much for being willing to express your thoughts. It's obvious that you spent a lot of time thinking about this topic. And I uh, just want to let you know how much we appreciate you being a part of our community and a conserved citizen in our community. Well, thank you so much for having me. I, I hope that uh, some folks hear this and uh, call your uh, Board of Education representatives and uh, tell them to speak up, be heard, be part of the solution. Local Matters family, thanks so much for being with us today. Um, look forward to being with us next week when our guest will be Dr. Patrick Dix. He is going to talk about automation and how that impacts the availability of jobs in the American workforce. Be blessed. I close with my favorite Bible verse from 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7. For God hath not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. This show is designed to contribute to each of those, giving you the power that comes with knowledge demonstrating love for your local community and offering you wisdom for decision-making so that you possess a sound mind when it comes to these topics. Please tune in next Wednesday at 1.30 p.m. here on WKZK, 1600 AM, 103.7 FM, and WKZK.net because local matters. <laughs>